Hello everybody, Ryan from Jedi Dropouts here. Just a quick note before we get into the interview. Uh, because of busy schedules, varying locations, and the variety of crowd sizes over this past weekend, the audio quality in these Atlanticon interviews is not quite up to our usual standard. And beyond that, the quality between interviews will fluctuate a little bit as well. That being said, I truly love how these interviews came out, and I once again would like to thank each and every one of our wonderful guests for appearing on the show. Okay, I've said my little piece. Uh, let's get on to the interview already. Thanks for, uh, thanks for coming on the show today, Mike. No problem. Uh, so, Mike, you are the artist of uh, DC Comics series Exit Stage Left, The Snagglepuss Chronicles. Did I get the title right there? Yes, yeah. Exit Stage Left, The Snagglepuss Chronicles. So I got a chance to uh, read the book. I finished it yesterday. This is a, a modern retelling. Uh, def- definitely not the Snagglepuss that you would remember from... Uh, the Hanna-Barbera cartoon days. No, definitely not. I, yeah. it's, it almost serves in a weird way as like an origin story to those cartoons, yeah. which yeah. is something that I did not see coming until I got the last script and I was like, oh, this is where this is going, but it, it comes from a, a very dark place. Oh, yeah. And I feel like if I were to go watch the the cartoons now, keeping like this in mind, <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, God, oh, there's yeah. such a like, dark undertone to yeah. it. Yeah, the, the rewatch is like the, those undertones now, right? Yeah. Um, no, I, I have to agree. Like, I never would have expected that like the, the biggest emotional gut punch of a comic in 2018 was from Snagglepuss. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like I'm. I feel like really fortunate to be on this book. Like Mark Russell is an amazing writer, and yes. he did fantastic work with the Flintstones comic uh, last year, which has been nominated for like a ton of awards. Um, so yeah, originally when I got the email from my editors uh, asking could I draw talking animals, I was like, I think I'm drawing Snagglepuss. Like I think that's what I'm trying out for. And I was like, Am I? Is this? Is this cool? Am I excited about this? And I was, I was just super stoked to be working for DC Comics, but this is not what I thought I would be doing. No. And then, like, after reading Mark's work on the Flintstones, I was like, oh, this guy's doing, like, incredible stuff with his characters. And then when I got the scripts, I was like, this is amazing. And anytime people would be like, Mike, I heard you got hired with DC. I'd be like, yeah. And they'd be like, what are you working on? And I'd be like, well, Snagglepuss. And they'd be like, oh, well, I guess they have to start somewhere. I'm like, no, but really, like, the script is yeah, nuts. And yeah. then when it came out, the reviews started coming out. Uh, you know, IGN called it, like, one of the best 25 comics of 2018, which is, like, blowing I'm, my mind that I get not, to be part of it. I'm not just saying that because you're in here in the room. It's the best I've read this year. Thank you, yeah. Easily. I'm yeah. just, like, I just think I'm really lucky to get to be a part of it, like, to ride Mark's coattails a bit. It's, it's been crazy. Um, so you mentioned uh, getting asked to talking animals. I'm gonna uh, <laughs> gonna take a leap here and say maybe it's the first time you've ever had to try drawing talking animals. <laughs> um, kind of. Like, I, like there's a couple of things like I've done that have 
dabbled in this, okay. but um, like I did a mag uh, magazine cover for the, the Scope, which was a magazine in St. John's yeah, yeah. years ago. I did a cover with them where I had like some kind of anthropomorphic guys, like um, one was like a reindeer, the other was a snowman, which isn't an animal. But they uh, that was like that's how I drew the cover of this thing. There's like a lot of things where there's this trend. Like I come from a like a like a punk and hardcore background for like illustration like I did a lot of stuff for album covers and t-shirt designs okay, yeah. and like back in like 2006 2007 2008 a lot of people were doing this thing where you draw like a regular dude who's wearing like a hoodie or like some punk band t-shirt except their head is like a bear head or like an owl head or something it's like that yeah, was a thing people were doing that, I did that a yeah, lot I um, that, yeah. so like like I had done show posters where like a guy was like had a slug face, so it was like it, it kind of. I was like when they asked, "Have you ever drawn talking animals?" I was like, "Yeah, kind of." Um, and then I kind of did sketches for them of what my interpretation of the character would be, and they said, "Yeah, this is what we're looking for." So I just kind of did that, and like a lot of people have asked me like, "What did? How was like? How did you come about designing the characters? Was there a lot of like? What was your thought process?" And it was like they came to me and asked me to do this my way. So I just kind of did it my way. Like, there was no real back and forth. It was like, you obviously want me to do my thing on this, so that's what I'll do. Uh, how tricky was it to get the, um, the the talking aspect of it, like, and to emote, uh, emote with these animals? It's, there's a photo um, that I've seen going around the internet a lot of um, one of these classic... Uh, Warner Brothers animators and he's at his desk and I should know his name because I'm sure he's very very famous um, he's, but he's drawing Bugs Bunny uh, making a face on like his on his uh, drafting table and next to him is a mirror and he's making that same face in the mirror and he's translating what he's seeing in his face into this animal's face um, so I just did that method like I made a ton of like I had a mirror on my desk I was constantly making faces and studying like what I was doing and then just trying to get an understanding of like um, what these animals like. I wouldn't say that my style is like realistic. It's it's not really, but like I do like to pay attention to detail. So yeah. just like not not making these look ultra cartoony, but still exaggerating these animal features enough to make it clear the emotions they're expressing. Yeah, and and one thing I found when uh, when reading it was. Um, the animals still seem authentic to, uh, I mean, it's, it's crazy to say, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> that uh, these these walking, talking, anthropomorphic animals seem at all realistic in a sense, but they do. They do seem uh, to still express in, in a way that an animal would, but with, uh, with the human emotion. And, and uh, you, you're giving credit to, to Mark here, but you really sold the emotions in the faces Thank of you. some of these animals. Like, um, no spoilers, but uh, a, a scene near the end of, of the run uh, where Snagglepuss gets a certain phone call. The, yeah. The emotion in those panels is unbelievable. That's I'm really happy with that how that page turned out. Um, that particular, like, I don't know. It's weird because, like, I am someone who, this is my first comic book, like, series, like, professional comic work. Like, I'm someone who in every aspect of my life feels like I do not know what I'm doing. And then I see people, like, point out, like, something, like, I've done on a page. And they're like, oh, I like how you did this, this. And I'm like, I didn't even realize I was doing that. <laughs> and, like, the, that particular panel, I think there's, like, uh, 
there's like it's, it's like page 11 issue 5 I can still remember what the yeah, page is yeah. on but it's like there's like a panel of him on the phone there's a panel of like Lila on the phone then there's like him receiving the news on the phone and there's no background it's just it's just a blank just focus on him yeah. and like I'm like when I see that I that page has a punch and I'm like man how did I th- think to do that where did I come like come up with that so it just comes it, naturally yeah it, it's just on some level I have some idea of what I'm yeah. doing which I'm I'm impressed by <laughs> I guess what, I guess what we're all aiming for anyway right yeah, to have yeah. some idea what we're doing I think a lot of artists level. have uh, like imposter syndrome I think a lot of people suffer from that but like yeah, sometimes absolutely. when I get to like have enough distance from something I've done and go back and look at it and be like oh why did I make that decision it's like maybe I do know what I'm doing on some subconscious level so it's cool um, so I guess uh, we, didn't, we skipped right on past. We should probably touch on, uh, I guess, how this came about. Yeah. Uh, because I'm, I'm going to just go quickly background my my uh, knowledge of you and, and how like uh, how I've been aware of you as an artist. Um, you first came into my radar with the Stranger Things art we were chatting about earlier today. Yes. Uh, and the CBC article I saw up there, and I, I'll, I'll readily admit I, I, uh, I took that, that the image of Joyce in front of the uh, the lettering on, and the lights, and I used that as a phone wallpaper for Thank a couple months. Because uh, it's a hell of an image. Um, so that was uh, that, that must have been interesting. Getting like, Netflix contacted you personally, if I'm correct. Yeah. Well, the um, they are. Oh man, I I wish I could remember the company's name. They have a company that manages all their social media. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because there's two different networks I did this for within the same like several month period. Yeah. So I, I'm afraid I'm going to mix up their names. So there is a company that manages uh, Netflix is social media and, and they run uh, the Stranger Things, I guess, Twitter page and Instagram page. Yeah. And yeah, I had just done this piece of fan art for Stranger Things that I just posted on my Tumblr page. Um, I had this idea to, to do this thing and then animate it like kind of like a very crude animation of the lights blinking. And it just kind of like blew up on, on my Tumblr, and like I got a ton of followers from it, which I was surprised by. And then uh, later that year, um, there was a show on um, IFC called Stand Against Evil, um, starring like okay. Janet yeah. Varney um, from Legend of Korra and uh, uh, John McGinley from Scrubs. Like it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's essentially like a okay. like an Ash versus Evil Dead style show, comedy horror. Uh, but they saw the Stranger Things piece and they wanted me to do some stuff for them so I did the same kind of thing of like the lead character standing in front of the door the lights flash on and off and then you see monsters behind him I did like a series of kind of animated gifts for them Uh, so this was becoming a thing that I was doing and then almost like a year since I did the Stranger Things fan art the Stranger Things social media uh, account contacted me and said hey we want to commission you to do this for us as well Um, so I did three um animated gifts that they then took and added sound to that they use as their Instagram stories for a day. So it was like, Stranger Things has like 2 million followers on Instagram and it was like, everyone got this notification of these animations that I had made. Uh, so that was a huge thing yeah, for me. I, I mean, that's one of the more popular TV shows Yeah, yeah. So like to be days, To be in any way associated with it uh, was, was crazy. And like, my, I had like 400 followers on my Instagram page and after that I had 5,000 like in a day uh, which like it, it dropped by a thousand over the course of the last year because people were like this guy hasn't posted Stranger Things stuff and I'm like no I draw Snagglepuss now um, but it was it, it was cool like I that was a, a cool thing to have happen uh, so band posters uh, punk rock art 
to fan art, uh, to blowing up Netflix. How, how did you get from these animated gifts for Netflix and Stand Against Evil to DC Comics? How, do, how does that road look? Um, I, like, I always wanted to draw comics. Like, it's something I was doing since I was a kid. Uh, even though I wasn't, like a, like, a comic book guy, I'm not someone who has, like, a huge collection of comics. It's like, I just like drawing, and I thought comics were cool, so it seemed like the thing that I would want to do. But I went to school for graphic design. After I was doing these, like, show posters and band art in high school, it was like, well, I'll go do graphic design, because that seems what you should do. Yeah. Um, but then I, I started working in the printing industry. I worked at the, the Telegram. Yep. Uh, and I uh, did... Um, like, I ended up going to school for 3D animation in Toronto for a little bit, and I was just trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I knew that I wanted to be, like, creative and draw stuff, but I wasn't sure what kind of career to go into. And sometimes people would say, like, oh, you should draw comics. You you draw, like, a comic book style. Yeah. Um, but I was, like, I just thought that was, like, the same likelihood of, like, being a, a Hollywood actor. It seemed like there was like, a select <laughs> yeah. group of people who do that. They're the best of the best, and it's this unobtainable job. But... Um, when I was living in Toronto, I went to my first comic book convention. So I was I was seriously like 21 or 22 at that point, and I went to this convention um, and saw artists there, and they were doing it, and they were just like regular people, and I could go up and ask them questions. And I, Philly uh, uh, Menez, who's did like work on Wonder Woman and like uh, I think like Infinite Crisis. Um, uh, just like this big DC Comics artist, he's worked on Spider-Man stuff too. Um, he was doing a panel there, and it was the first time that I was actually hearing someone talk about like working in comics as a professional thing. And at this time, I was really starting to get into comics for the first time in my life, which was like kind of sad. Like I was like in my twenties, being like, "Oh, what's Superman about?" Uh, and then I was like getting really into DC. My brother is a Superman fan, so I'd be boring comics with him. And then I was like, "Oh, this is something that I want to do." So like when I heard people talking about it as a real job, I was like, "Oh, I'm going to start trying to do this." So. That same year, I went back to Toronto to Fan Expo with this really crappy portfolio of just like Batman pages I thrown together that are like the most embarrassing thing in the world. But then I just kept going back year after year um, for like seven years or so, just like going to portfolio reviews, um, having people look at my work. Sometimes I would work with writers. Um, I meet writers either at conventions or uh, through like Twitter or through message boards on the internet after posting my work, and then we'd work on a pitch together. Uh, and then none of them went anywhere. But it was like I kept every year I have new pages in my portfolio. I go back to conventions, meet with editors, and then the last few years, finally editors would be like, "Oh, like yeah, you're 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 getting there. Here's my card. If anything comes up, we'll let you know." And then I get super excited and be like, "I'm working for Marvel. It's gonna happen." And then like three years have passed and nothing would happen. Uh, but then last year I went to. Um, Fan Expo, uh, just selling my prints in like the Artist Alley section. Uh, I went to a portfolio review with Marvel, which went really well, and then the guy was like super stoked with my work, and I was like, oh, this is like, this is it, this is a done deal, this guy loves my stuff. Um, and then right after I got back to my booth, my girlfriend was, was manning it for me, and um, there was a DC review on the go at that same time, it was about 10 minutes left of that, that window that I could go do it. And I was like, I don't need to go to the DC review. I'm like totally going to work for Marvel now. Like, I love my stuff. And uh, Elsa was like, no, you should definitely go to that DC review to, like just in case. It's, it's worth a shot. And I was like, fine, I'll go check it out. So full credit to her for making me go to the DC <laughs> review. I met the editor, uh, Jim Chadwick, who was a really great guy. And he was like into my stuff, but he was not... Like, the Marvel guy was, like, enthusiastic in this over-the-top way. And I was like, oh, this is a done deal. Uh, but this guy was, like, 
really nice, really positive, but didn't have anything bad to say about my work, which is cool. Uh, but he was like, yeah, if something comes up, we'll let you know. Uh, so I was like, okay, that went well. And then uh, a week later, I kind of followed up and said like, hey, it was nice meeting you. And he said, yeah, it was great meeting you. I'll hold on to your stuff if anything comes up. And then I think the next day he was like, oh, believe it or not, I showed your work to the editor who works next to me down here in California. Uh, she likes your stuff. She has a mini series in mind for you. And then from there, kind of just happened like very, very quickly. Yeah. Um, so a long story of uh, trial and error and, and just, yeah. just like eight years of just like beating my head against a wall and just like highs and lows of like thinking like I was going to have a big break and then nothing happening. Uh, and then finally it just like snowballed really quickly. So it went from like, I mean, it was that September was Fan Expo at the beginning of September. In August, I was leaving my job to do Sandals full time. Not August, October. So it was, yeah, September and the next month. It was like I had to go to my boss and be like, hey, I can't work here anymore. I am working for DC Comics now. Like, it happened so fast. It was like a Hollywood Reporter article announced the release of the comic, and I was like, in a meeting at my job as a graphic designer at the university and like we were in this important meeting talking about like the upcoming year and like how campaigns are going to change and stuff and I like I got a notification on my phone and it was like Hollywood Reporter tagged you in an article and I was like I have to quit <laughs> so yeah it was crazy that's, that's fantastic man um, I guess uh, a good way to cap this off uh, at Jedi Dropouts we like to geek out. That's, mm -hmm. that's our thing. We, we like to take away from the, the negativity of what's happening in the world and just focus on the positives and geek out a little. Awesome. So indulge me, if you will. Uh, if you could uh, if you could work on any existing IP, any comic that you could imagine, mm. what what would it be, man? What is, what's your dream job? Dream book here. Oh my god, that's a tricky question. Yeah, right? Um, there's a lot of stuff that I love. Like, I'm a huge Batman fan. I have two Batman-related tattoos. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I have, like, a Norfreeze Heart of Ice tattoo here, and then I have a Batgirl on my leg. That's fantastic. Um, and I, like, I love Batman. I love, like, I really am a fan of, like, Nightwing. Uh, I also love Superman, just, like, from a, a moral standpoint. I think, like, yeah. he's a, a really cool character that needs to be more popular, like, nowadays. Um, but my style isn't suited to a lot of stuff like that like I, I'm, I'm someone who draws in like a almost like kind of European influence open line style okay, so there's yeah. not a lot of heavy shadows so like I mean there is a comic by um, an artist who passed away a few years ago named Seth Fisher who's incredible and like a huge inspiration for me a very open line European style uh, who did a Batman comic called uh, uh, Snow about Mr. Freeze actually okay, and yeah. uh it's a really cool book, but it's like it's a very specific thing that you don't see very much used yeah. for Batman. Um, so I don't something like I really like doing gritty stuff. So maybe something like like some maybe like something like Red Hood in like a kind of in like a really kind of gritty way. Punisher would be great. When when Sagabus came out, I got a, a lot of um, a lot of people compared my art to Steve Dillon, which was like I, a huge I compliment. Can see that. Um, so like. Steve Dillon has like legendary work on the Punisher so like maybe something like that would be really cool to do I think I'd have a lot of fun doing that my girlfriend actually has a Punisher tattoo oh, so it would like nice. everything would tie together yeah yeah um, so sure. maybe maybe Punisher's yeah. it um, what, yeah. uh, what came to mind when reading the book not not even that the art is similar but I uh, 
was reading that, I thought, man, this guy would do this guy would do great to pair with Brian K. Vaughn. I love Brian K. Vaughn. He's like, he's my favorite. Yeah, like, absolutely. Uh, yeah. I, I'm like like eagerly anticipating the next issue of Paper Girls, right? Yeah, yeah. Paper Girls, in, man. In the in the final issue of Saga, he gave Snagapus a shout out. Oh, really? Yes. It's so. <laughs> I, I, I'm. I, uh, I'm no, don't spoil it. I'm not I, caught up on Saga. I know no. there's a big. <laughs> yeah, the thing yeah. like I've only been reading the trades, yeah. and I went out and because I saw someone posted on Twitter. I think Mark Russell wrote it on Twitter uh, that like because the book is on a hiatus for a year. He kind of wrote a note in the in the back of I think it's issue 54 is the last issue, and he's I, like, "Me and Fiona have worked very hard for these last several years. We're taking a break." If you still want to buy comics, I recommend Exit Stage Left the Snagglebus Chronicles. And I was like, I went out and I bought that issue. The last page of that book is a huge spoiler. And yeah. I was like, oh no, this happened. But he's shouting at my book. My Yo, favorite writer, right? So it was totally worth it. So yeah, yeah. that's, yeah, I, I love like Ex Machina, it's like one of my favorite comics. Why the Last Man, um, he's, he's amazing. So thank you again for being on the show today. Thanks for having I me. Really appreciate it. Um, you can like you have a you've got a website, a social media. You want to plug your stuff? Yeah, uh, my website, like professional website, is mikepn.com. Uh, everywhere on social media, I'm Mike Seriously, yeah. um, so I'm easy to find. It's, uh, it's easy to remember tag, yeah. And uh, make sure to go buy your copies of Exit Stage Left, the Snagglepuss, I almost said Snagglepuss, what the hell that is. That's the Snagglepuss Chronicles. I cannot recommend this book enough. Uh, best book of 2018. Thank uh, you. For me so far, uh, you know. <laughs> uh, okay, and uh, thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for dropping by. And uh, later. This has been a Jedi Dropouts production.